Pastor Moore's coming now. Everybody say, Lord, bless him in Jesus' name. Give God some praise. Would you love him? to the Lord this morning. Would you love him? Bless you today. You may be seated. Gonna let our classes go back. Let me take a moment. Say welcome to all of the guests. Each one of you for coming and being in this service with us today. Man, come worship none other but Jesus Christ. What a Savior! What a King! Man, if you ever really get to know Him. Experience him. You know, there's none like him or never will be. There's never a man going to walk like this man ever walked. Oh, we can thank God we got an example and we strive to follow those footsteps and follow that example. As born again sons of God and vessels of God with a heavenly treasure. Amen. But none will ever impact the world like Jesus did to visit us and visit his own creation to have a purpose to know that purpose to walk in such unity with the God of the universe to know his voice to know his heartbeat to walk in the fullness of it, not even missing one day. We see this early in his life, not just his parents obeying and bringing him to the tabernacle on that eighth day for circumcision and naming, but again at 12 as he goes again, astounds not only the answers and his response, but his questions and then kind of just fades off the scene in one sense and shows back up at the age of 30 and in three and a half years of his ministry I dared to say that probably I can at least speak for myself even though we've been pastoring now for 29 years we know where to impact souls like this man did in three and a half years but even after his ascending up and departure you begin to you can just begin to talk about him if you do it with honesty and with some sincerity about it he has an ability to show up he has an ability to move and man what's what's so much available But it's different. It's not something that you can buy with silver and gold. It's, it's not something that your previous families can lay up and store up that you can get a hold of and purchase it. Oh, they can lay up inheritance for us and we can take those inheritance and buy lands and build houses and amen, a tame education and if we become sick, maybe even go see a doctor. Nobody, nobody's laid up like Jesus has for his people. Eternal life, eternal words and inheritance and 
promises. Promises even in this life and in that one to come. Who has conquered death. Who has conquered Satan in every direction. Temptation. What a savior. And so our lesson today even. Is it this fifth chapter of John. And it's tying in to some we was bringing about here a few weeks ago on a Wednesday night. And oh, the power. The authority. But yet the total submission of this man called Jesus. The willingness to suffer. The willingness to bear a cross. The willingness to sacrifice all. Own it all, but yet purchase nothing. Own nothing. Have his title. Have his name written on any deeds. Never own a chariot. Never owned an acre of land. Never had a cathedral to walk into. But yet, but yet, the man could could have, could have, took on any battle against any nation, any military group that existed in that day. He could have called on 12 legions of angels and just totally wiped them out. It wouldn't even have been a, a struggle. Even the Romans, as, as they dominated the world then, to the point that even Paul likens unto our armor, unto the Romans' armor, Ephesians the sixth chapter. Even though they come marching down on that day to take him and have him carried to court and crucified, but any moment, any time that he took place, if he submitted unto his fleshly will, to his carnal will, he could have stopped it in an instant of time the drop of a hat but he knew what it was to walk unto this heavenly father unto the voice and to the authority and the power of him with the regard and respect of of that calling and that election he knew a man that his day and his hour was coming upon this earth but yet there's coming another hour that's coming another day and those are the days that he Work toward and look beyond. That's what the writer says even about he was able to bear the cross because he looked beyond the cross. And what bearing that cross was going to bring to you and I as dogs, as a, as a Gentile people that had never, never experienced God in this manner and way. But now we wasn't just on an outer court, but we were going to have the opportunity to, to know him. To know his glory. To know what it was to feel him. To know what it was to be. How burdens lifted. To have sorrow lifted. To be endued with a power. That regardless of what doctor you ever went to. He could never give you a shot. He could never give you a pill. A man that could lift you like the Holy Ghost could do it. To give you a soundness in your mind. Like none other like Jesus Christ. Man. That's the reason the writer put it this way. It's joy unspeakable. And full of glory. 
It's nothing like it. It's nothing like it. All that man prides himself in and gets himself involved in to bring pleasure. There's nothing like a move of God. Nothing like the power of the Holy Ghost. There's nothing like that first song we just sung. Whenever his people get together. Two or three gather together. It don't even have to be a church service. It don't even have to be a planned service. You can just bump into one another on the street and begin to talk about this Savior. and Talk about the Word of God. And man, the Holy Ghost begins to bubble up. And man, it changes the atmosphere. And it changes... Uh, the whole outcome. You could be facing one of the worst days of your life. And all of a sudden, no. But you know what? He, man, he said he'd never leave me nor forsake me. And so he's going to see me through this day too. Amen. 38 years. 38 years. Man, it's the, it's the title of the lesson. Man, but um, there's a lot more to this lesson. Uh, but as we get into it. Key verses found in a man in John 5 and 21. I'm sorry, 5 and 36. I got a lot of verses here. We're going we're gonna to do our best to go through them, though. But I have a greater witness than that of John for the works which the Father hath given me to finish. You know, there was a time that God. Finished some works. You go all the way back to creation. Go back to the beginning of time. And, and there, there, God said the work was finished. And that Sabbath day and uh, rest. But we know a God that's all eternal, all powerful. Has, he doesn't have to have a day of rest. But we know there's a lot of tied into that rest as you get on into the New Testament. And what that Sabbath was all about. And. Amen. But uh, here, Jesus is coming and making sure that the Jews, and those that he's going to be speaking to here, and done demonstrated these works and the power and the authority of the one that he was following after now. Even though he'd never went to their schools, even though he'd never sit under their, their teachers, their masters, their instructors. And, and they was even amazed at where did he attain this knowledge, where Where'd this guy come from? From whence? Who, who gave you this authority? Who gave you this power? Because Jesus would demonstrate a power like no other had. Jesus would walk into synagogues and marketplaces and sit with sinners and sit with the Republicans. And, but it didn't stop the power of the to testify and the power of the witnessing power that was in him without measure. That was uncontainable. That was uncontrollable. That uh, man with all of his government of powers and threats and abilities. Uh, even threatened him with death. Uh, but he, he told him. He said no man takes my life. He said I'd give it. There's not a man here. There's not a government here. There's not a power upon this earth including Satan himself. And he demonstrated this back in the fourth chapter of Matthew's writings. That. All his abilities coming himself to tempt me. Amen. But I, I didn't yield. I didn't submit. Others had failed. And others that even came in my name had failed. But, but I'm not. Amen. Because I'm the real deal. Man, as they've ever been a, re, need a, a generation needs some real deals. Amen. This is a generation that needs some real deals. 
We got a lot of people out there confessing to be Christians and confessing to be this and confessing to be that. But there's still a real deal in a real Christian that will testify, that will show up, that will witness itself. Amen. If we'll just be led by the Spirit of God. And the only way to be a son of God is to be led by the Spirit of God. And if we're led by the Spirit of God, it's going to show up. It's going to testify. You can't stop it from testifying. It may be 2024. Amen. But I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost is just as real and just as powerful and the ability to save and the ability to deliver. I'm telling you, you can still have one touch in an alcoholic's life and bring him out of it. He can still have one touch in the meth, methamphetamine God, amen, that's totally given him stuff. But one touch and one move of the power can give him a sound mind. And we, we uh, I have a feeling sometimes we just really underestimate what we've been introduced to, what we've been, have been able to take a part of and to, to know. Man, this kingdom business, it's Jesus Christ. And, amen. In fact, I believe we're going to see something here today and with some of this. That, you know, there's three gateways of sin. All sins come through one of these three gateways. Lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Pride of life. I believe you're going to see one of these gateways called the pride of life here today. Out of these Jews. Man, and I just wonder how often it's still working today among us as we, as we begin to go through this lesson. Let's see what unfolds here today. But I have a greater witness than that of John. Now he's talking about John the Baptist here. So that's a pretty powerful witness, isn't it? To have one greater than John the Baptist. For the works which the Father hath given me to finish. The same works that I do. Bear witness of me. That the Father had sent me. I didn't come on my own. I didn't come by my own power. I didn't come just being the son of Mary. I didn't come just being as they accused him of being the son of Joseph, but he was not. He was not the son of Joseph. Amen. Truth about God, Jesus is God in flesh. Truth for our life. I will be a witness and testify that Jesus is who he said he is. How many of you believe that Jesus said who he was? How many of us let him be that in our lives? Different ball game. It's one thing to say that he's a savior of the world and savior of everybody else, but has he became my savior? Has he became my Lord? Has he became that chief cornerstone? A man, and that, that one that I love with all my being and all it, and I'm willing to submit and I'm willing to have an ear to hear what the scriptures have to say about him. Not only to hear it, but I'm willing to obey it at whatever cost. There's a difference. There's a difference. So, we got a good lesson today. We, we have. As we. We began, and I'm just going to use the scriptures for just a little while. And and uh, beginning of this, uh, the miracle in John five and one, and 
we just kind of work our way through uh, the lesson here today uh, of, of what's, what we're going to be introduced to. There was a feast that was going on. We know that you go back to Deuteronomy 16 to 16. There was three major feasts that all of them and 20 above. All the Jews that had together for those feasts. And there's a different opinions on this feast. And this feast even the term used here in this place in the scripture. But yet it's there. But the feast of the Jews. And Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Notice man often these feasts would bring the Jews multitudes they would be great multitudes of the Jews that would be here and at Jerusalem they would come from all different places and different Jews and even when you go to day of Pentecost and uh, man you're going to see this happening so this helps us understand this is one of the reasons why there was such a a great multitude that had gathered here and was here even at this particular time amen and now they're is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, and which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethsaida, having five porches. Um, if you've got a premier Bible, if you turn over one page, you'll look, and it talks about the pool of Bethesda. How that at one time, I, I remember, they used to say, well, it was just a myth that it didn't really exist, and things of that nature. Well, now since, amen, the archaeologists have found evidence of this pool, and they have actually dug it up, and they realize its actually existence. If you go back and look, you'll see that the, uh, that it was uncovered in the 19, 1800s and is about premier evidence uh, of the birth of John's gospel. Uh, the history of the pool dates uh, to the 8th century B.C., which with improvement to it coming in the 2nd century B.C. and the mid-1st century A.D., it consists of five port porches, just as the Bible says. So it, it, they proved it. They proved that it did exist. And, and so this myth has been kind of put to a hush since that time. And, and thank God for that. I'd believe it regardless of what they all thought anyway. People, scientists try to tell us that, you know, you can't be swallowed by a whale and all this stuff. The Bible says you can. God prepared a great fish, and God prepared a great fish, and he swallowed Jonah, and he took him. And so there it is. I don't care what we can do, and I don't care what you agree with and don't agree with. Amen. The Bible's right, and it's always right. Amen. It's always going to be right. And so if you'll just stay with the book, the book will get you out of here. Man won't get you out of here, but God will, and his word will get you out of here. And you're going to see and notice even this morning, this is the big deal today with this group. They didn't believe the scriptures. That's the biggest problem with most people today. They don't believe they don't believe the scriptures. When the scripture goes against their own inheritance or beliefs or ideas or opinions, they want to just back up. So I don't believe that. Well, that's the problem. When you don't believe the word of God, I can't help you. Guess what? God's not going to help you either. But if you believe the word of God and take it as the word of God, God can bring you out of any dilemma, any situation, any, any miry clay, any darkness. Amen. God's in the delivering business. There's nobody that he can't deliver. He can deliver anybody that's willing to be delivered. But the only way to be delivered is by truth. Truth is the only thing that makes or sets us free. Amen. So how does truth come? By the word of God. And God has the ability, amen, to back up his writings too. By the power of the Holy Ghost and evidence. Try it and prove it. Try it and prove it. So as we watch this. And so there was a man in this uh, great lady, a great multitude. And a man of blind and halt and withered waiting for the moving of the waters. Uh, there's a great multitude. Uh, five porches. And these all filled up. And man, there's a lot of questions that start popping up in your head. You know, who took care of all these folks? Who brought them here? Who fed them? Who watered them? You know, how long did they stay? And, and things of this nature you begin to pop up. And the writer, he don't go into all these details and all this other. But, it, but 
in these laid a great multitude. For, for an angel went down in certain season. I want you to take notice of that. Certain season. There was a time. Now that certain season, which actually means a time. I don't know if it was a set time. Apparently not. I mean, you know, it showed up every time on June the 1st at 10 o'clock. Apparently that wasn't the way it was. Because if that had been the case, everybody wouldn't have showed up until they got there. And they wouldn't have showed up until June. June the 1st. And that's when... But apparently so this great multitude in five porches. So apparently it would come. The, the real key, key was when that angel stirred up the water. In the beginning of that stirring in the first one. As the scripture going to tell us that made its way and got into that water. And it didn't matter the disease. It didn't matter of the affliction. It didn't make any difference. There was no limit there. Whatever they was diseased or afflicted with. Amen. And so it was, must have been pretty genuine. For first of all for this gentleman to wait 30 Eight years. He, he, he was at this pool. Every day, I don't know. But apparently when the season was there. And the, the expected time of his coming. You know, the Lord talks about he had an hour. He talked about it two or three times. And he even told Mary, if you remember, this is not my hour. And she turns to the servant and said, do what he says to do. And then he, you, you go on, and there's times whenever they try to force him to become the king, and he, it's not my hour. And then in Revelation, it talks about Anyway, there's a lot to, to all that. When you begin to talk about the time or the season, the hour, the moment, all things work together for good, but there's moments and times and great moments. Amen. It's, you've got to respond in those great moments. Great moments don't always happen. They always, they're not going to come back two or three times. And so that's the reason you and I have to be vigilant and sober and, 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 and prepared and ready. Amen. In the spiritual walk with God, because when that moment and that timing's right, that's when you got to move. That's when you got to your spine, because you know tomorrow could be one day too late. And so, uh, as we watch this unfold and begin to take place, and we see this great multitude of five porches, and and a certain man was there. Now, now the scripture, John's writings, enough help us understand there was a certain man, a man that he had a fervency that was there for thirty-eight years when Jesus saw him lie and knew. Uh, that he had been uh, now a long time in that case or condition. Amen. So I, I would really like to, I, I mean, you remember I preached several years ago about on, something on the line of this. Um, amen. But if you notice, um, the scriptures points out often, amen, how long they had been there. So for the scriptures to be able to bring that out, somebody informed them. But here it makes it clear that Jesus knew the first Day that he showed up by the pool. He knew the first day that your sickness started. He knew the first day that your affliction started. That's the reason we have recordings such as 18 years, 12 years, 38 years. It's recorded in the word of God. So that lets me know that God knows every single day what's going on in my life. And it has not caught him by surprise. Even though I've been battling with it for 38 years or 42 years or 52 years or five minutes or five years. God knows that. I don't got to tell him he already knows that. Because <laughs> sometimes the length of it makes all the difference in the world. And sometimes God allows that that procedure, that process uh, to unfold and that season of it. Uh, go to Job. There's different opinions there just according to who you listen to and who you study after. Some believe it lasted nothing under a year, possibly up to three years of the, the affliction of Job and what he went through, a man, and dealt with. And 
So we, we see these things happen. They, 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 they take place. And so we ought to take note of that sometimes. Um, thank God it's in the word of God. This too should pass. <laughs> One way or the other it's going to pass. Amen. And uh, we got a lot more to look forward to and be get caught up in and, and things of this nature. So when Jesus comes to him, the potent man answered him, sir. He said, case he said unto him, wilt thou be made whole? Wilt thou be made whole? And immediately he begins to respond to Jesus. Now, there's, there's you know, I've heard different angles from this and whatever. Uh, I'm not sure if he knew Jesus. I'm not sure if he ever heard of Jesus. I'm not sure. Again, I, I just, I just, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure. And the writer lesson talks about the buzz getting out and things of this nature. But also the scripture taught us, amen, that, that they didn't have just free course to talk about Jesus. In fact, if you did, it jeopardized your, your tabernacle uh, blessings and things of that nature. Because if you start talking about him, confessing about him, and wanting to know him, there was a price to pay for that. And so they didn't publicly. In fact, in fact, if you go to the time of the blind man, a man is sitting at the gate, and they question about who is sin, and Jesus heals him. And, there, and, and then there's one that's talking about he heals. And, and the parents say, hey, he's of age, ask him. You know why? Because they feared the people, and they feared uh, losing their, their, their place in the tabernacle. And so they said, let him answer. Yes, he is my son, and yes, we know he's blind, and yes, he's, we can see here, but you let him answer that, who healed him. So, so, you know, again, uh, when you begin to talk about this buzz and you talk about, I'm sure it did, uh, but it probably wasn't as open, as public, um, amen, as free course as you and I have to, you know, have the opportunity here in America to talk about Jesus and talk about the gospel, amen, without, you know, uh, we, may, we may suffer some afflictions, we may suffer some rebukes of people and things of that nature and people don't want to hear it and things like that, but as far as having to worry about being crucified or, or put up as a human torch, amen, that's what they had to deal with in their time. Amen. If you go back and do a study on the church and, and the time of Acts, this is some of the things they had to deal with. So when you make confession with your tongue, amen, that you believed in the Messiah and you believe in Jesus Christ, you better have the real deal because you may be a human torch by in less than 24 hours. So, you know, so and that helps with the word of God that we have today, amen, as we look at some of this. Because we have taken it, man has taken it and took Romans down and taken just that confession of the tongue and the confession of the mouth. And that enough, amen, to claim salvation, amen, instead of reading further down and reading about the gospel and reading about the one that preaches the gospel and brings the gospel, it's got to be sin of God. Watch this. So that brings us right back to where we're at now. Who sent Jesus? So the, the, the witnessing or the testifying who sent us, you know. That's the reason whenever you and I, if we go to someone and say, well, God told me to come tell you, you better have the goods. Better not be a bad pizza day. Better not be pride or, or you're just trying to build your ministry or you're just trying to find your place and somebody else impressed you and, man, you want to get on some kind of ego trip. Okay, I mean, man, because as we watch this unfold today, there, there's something that you and I are seeking for. And, um, and he helps us with this because there's only one true honor. You know, man can brag on you, pat you on the back, and make you lift you up, make you look like, man, you, you're on top of the world. But if we don't have the backing of God and the honor of God, it's all in vain. You got, we got our reward. We got our reward. That's what Jesus said. They got their reward. Amen. Okay. 
But the reward we're looking for is eternal life. The reward we're looking for is to hear him say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. I mean, that's what we're looking for. And so God help us to have the, in this life, uh, the, the testimony, the, the witnessing power, who is the Lord of our lives, who is the God of our heart, who's the God of our spirit. Because that brings us right to Acts 1 and 8. How has that happened? Amen. You receive power after what? Receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is what does the witnessing. It's the Spirit of God that does the witnessing. That nobody can deny. In fact, if you reject it and rebelled against it or blaspheme against it, it, it damns your soul to hell. So, as, as he begins to question him, wilt thou be made whole? And so the man answered, sir, I have no man. I have no man. I have no one to help me. I have no one to help me, to assist me. When the waters are troubled, uh, someone always beats me and steps down first. Um, and immediately, as John writes it, Jesus just speaks to him, rise up, take up thy bed. And no doubt, man, something happened to him. He knew he was healed. He knew he had been touched. There was no assistance of an angel. There was no assistance of troubled waters. They wouldn't anything but the word of the man called Jesus speaking to him. By the authority that flows out of him or finishing the work of the father. Amen. That he was set out to do. And so here he is as he speaks to him. Take up thy bed. Amen. Rise up. Take up thy bed and walk. So he takes up this bed. Amen. He just obeys him. Puts it on him. So as he begins to walk, the Jews, amen, begin, they say him and ask question him, you know, why are you taking up bed? He said, he that's made me whole has told me to take up my bed. Amen. Well, who is this? Who, who is this? If you read on through the scriptures, I won't read all of them. You can just kind of glide through if you want to, Brother Brandon. But um, you'll see that he says, you know, he didn't know him. He didn't know him. In fact, the scripture says, and I'm going to do this because of time's sake, amen, because the great multitude that was there, that immediately after Jesus apparently spoke to him, take up thy bed and walk. As he responded there, Jesus apparently just turns and walks. Best we can tell. I'm not sure if he could pick him out. The procedure didn't last long enough that Jesus, that the, 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 the guy that was healed, he couldn't tell him that he had brown or black hair. Couldn't tell him if he had blue or green eyes. He could tell him, couldn't tell him nothing about him. He says, All I know, the guy that told me, a man that healed me, said to take up my bed and walk. So that's the best I can give you right now. But you know what he'd done? He made his way to the temple. And when he got to the temple, Jesus finds him in the temple. He walks up to him and tells him, I've been made whole. He said, now go and sin no more. Now the next verse is a little troubling. Uh, I think it's... Um, Start the 15th verse. Let's start there. The man departed. Watch this. Now this is just after that take place in the temple. The man departed out of the temple. After recognizing who Jesus was. Getting understanding who he is now. Watch what he does. The man departed and told the Jews. That it was Jesus. Now there's again. You can you know. Have how you want to take that. 
But you just, you know, how often did Jesus tell others? And I had some scripture smart, but I wouldn't, I, didn't, I can't bring them all out, so I didn't this morning. Where others would tell them, don't go tell nobody. And they wouldn't tell everybody. But if you watch the ministry of Jesus Christ, it pushed him to the point place he couldn't go and minister in other places. Because now they were trying to take him and force him. And, and so it limited his ability to go places and, and witness. Because there's always a proper time. There is a season, even in our own lives. That's why it's so important not to get frustrated with God when the, your, your prayers are not answered. <laughs> Did he hear Daniel's prayer on the first day or not? The first day that you pray a prayer with honesty and with sincerity and you really lay it at the feet of, feet of Jesus Christ, he heard it. He heard it. Regardless of any response whatsoever, any changing whatsoever, he heard it. God heard it. There's no questions about that. Now, God is not forced or mandated to respond to us immediately. He knows the process. All things work together for good. That don't mean all things are good. But it means the things that we face, we get troubled with, we're pulled into. Come on, we're living in a, in a, in a broken world. Broken lives. We're living again in a world that's full of iniquity and full of the devil. Things of this nature. Sickness and failures and a lot of stuff. And we're not exempt from none of it. We want to be and we'd like to be. And sometimes we approach God in that manner. Why so much pain? Why do I got to struggle with this? <laughs> Amen. That's what Rebecca done too. When she had two after being barren and God blessed her. And she's got twins. And as they struggled in her, she questions God. Why is all the struggle? What's all this about? It's two nations, two people. If you keep on going with that, that's not all. It's a type of the flesh and the spirit. When you go to Jacob and Esau, when you go to the New Testament, Esau was going to come under subjection, subjection to Jacob. Amen. Amen. So same way with this. And so that battle and that struggle still goes on with us today against our carnality. Your carnality is never going to, amen, just die away and never give you any problems. You've got to deal with it every day. Man, you've got to stay on top of it. Amen. Or it'll get the best of you. So, and I'm going to do my best quick jumping some of these rabbits. And so as he goes on and he says, um, he goes on and he tells them which made him whole. He, and therefore did the Jews persecute Jesus and sought to slay him because he had done these things on the Sabbath day. Now the writer goes as far in the lesson to talk about that kind of cross the line. After even previous miracles and things of this nature. But now that he had done this on the Sabbath day. It was almost like he had supposedly crossed the line. And now they're out to slay him. They're out to, to, to destroy him. To persecute him. And you know you see in other places of scriptures where it talks about they sent certain ones out there to try to catch him with words. And they try to set him up with a man catching women in the very act of adultery. One thing after another. They're trying to catch this one called Jesus Christ that claimed to be God. Because whenever he would perform these things on the Sabbath, a man that proved that uh, a man that uh, that he was the God of the Sabbath. Now listen to listen to the next verse of what Jesus says. 
But Jesus answered them, My Father worketh hitherto. He works up to this point, this time, and this day. And watch this. And I work. I'm just doing the works of my Father. I'm just following after him. And then watch their response. Therefore the Jews sought the more to kill him. Why? Because he not only had broken the Sabbath, but said also that God was his Father. But he just told the truth. God was his Father. The Holy Ghost overshadowed Mary. That's the reason it's not two and three in the Godhead. God was his father. The Holy Ghost overshadowed Mary. One person in the Godhead. The only person you're ever going to see and sit on the throne is a man called Jesus Christ. There's not two or three persons in the Godhead. And if anybody believes in two or three persons, their salvation, their soul's in jeopardy. I'm just going to tell people like it is anymore. I mean, I don't mean to, I'm not trying to be mean or cruel, but I'm telling you, there's too much garbage. Too many lost souls. Man, and we, we gotta make we gotta we gotta make a stand. We gotta be a voice and we gotta let God help us, help us, amen. So here we are. And so this is the whole makeup. These three verses help set the stage of the next several verses, amen, that Jesus, amen, is going to respond to this because it's from here all the way through to the crucifixion, all the way to the, this conflict between the Jews and the Sadducees and the Pharisees and all the, the unbelievers, amen, that's attacking Jesus and attacking his words and, and trying to cause him to, to lose his identity of who he was and what he was here. And that attack still happened today. The world's doing everything it can, and the religious world's doing everything it can to rob the church of its identity and proud authority, amen, to overcome sin and live in the powers of, and the miraculous powers of God. That's the reason there's such a great need to see the wonders and signs of Jesus Christ. Man, do we need to see it more so than we ever seen it, amen. Because that's going to be a part that separates us in this end time. It's going to be a part, amen, that's going to put an identity upon true believers, Amen. So, Jesus picks up here, 19th verse, and answers and says unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, and I'm going to try to go through a few of these verses. I realize I'm taking some time here, and I apologize for that. But, uh, amen, let's, let's at least try to get a few more verses in. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the Son can do nothing of himself, neither can we. Go on. He talks about the vine. He talks about the word abiding in us. Unless his word abides in us. And the only way the word, if the real word and you believe in the word abides in you, guess what? You're going to get the Holy Ghost. There ain't no question about that. Amen. If you, if you and I are honest and sincere with God, and we believe the scriptures as the scriptures taught about him, you're going to get the Holy Ghost. Since you believed. Once you start believing the scripture and believing the word of God, you're going to get the Holy Ghost. Unless you don't have a love for him. And a love of the Father. And that will keep you from getting it. Even though you might believe it by the letter. Because it's a lack of the love for truth. It's what's going to cause a lot of people that believes it. Wind up lost. Because they didn't have a love for it. And you can't. You, you've got to have a love for it. And you've got to have a love for God. And you've got to have a love for righteousness. And godliness. And wholesome. You can't let envy and bitter and strive. And I don't care who your brother and sister is or your enemy. In fact, you'll love your enemies. I mean, there's a whole different makeup. I mean, there's a whole different, you walk to a different heartbeat. You walk to a different uh, uh, response to life and the things around you, things that happen to you. And that includes your loved ones. Well, I'm touching. Man, this is where the rubber meets the road here. 
This is the true witnessing powers that, hey, you know what? There's a kingdom in me that's greater than this kingdom. There's a God that's working on my behalf and fighting my battles, and I'm going to let him fight them the way he wants to fight them. If I let him fight them the way he wants to. And you know what? He can take out any one of those that's rising up against me any moment he gets ready to. He can take them out. That's God's business. It's not mine now. I can't take that authority and power. <laughs> it's in God's hand because he knows the heart. He knows whether or not they're going to be converted or not. He knows. I don't. So, anyway. Next verse begins as he says, he talks about his son doing nothing himself, but he seeth, amen, the father do for what things soever he doeth, these also doeth the son likewise. For the father knoweth, loveth the son, and showeth him all things that himself doeth, and he will show him greater works than these that he may marvel. And he's telling him, he says, sons, no. Hey, there's going to be greater works uh, that Jesus Christ is going to walk up on this earth. He's going to perform. He's going to do greater works. Amen. Amen. There's a father. For as the father raises up the dead and quickens them, even so the son quickens whom he will. Catch that. Catch that. Man. Now, now, God, Jesus Christ, when you, you begin to talk about and call on him, he, he has a power upon this earth now. Cause a quickening. What's quickening? Make it come alive. Okay. Now, where do we find ourselves? Everybody's found themselves in this place. I don't care if you're raised in an apostolic church. I don't care if you're raised in a one God church. Everybody finds themselves under this one umbrella. Hmm. Sinned and come short of the glory of God. Nobody outside of John the Baptist was born with the Holy Ghost. Okay? All the rest of us has got to be born again. That's scripture. Amen. And pedigree in a Pentecostal church don't, don't, don't bypass that. He may, he may, and men may allow it. Put them in places and positions and things of that nature. But they're going to pay the, they're gonna pay, you know, gonna pay the pipers, all I can tell you. I mean, that's just all it is. <laughs> so, but everybody, no one's exempt. So we all have sinned, come short of the glory of God. We all have the need of being born again. Amen. So as we talk about this quickening, I'm going to speak just, just a, a few verses, if you don't mind, on this. Amen. Because you can go back and look at the prodigal son. I won't talk about that a lot, but Luke is 15 to 24. Talks about the prodigal son. Amen. What? He was lost, but now he's found. He talks about the coin. He talks about, amen, the sheep. He talks about the son that's lost. We was lost. We lost it in the garden. That's got to be found. That's got to be brought back. It's not in the fullness now. It's in a down payment. It's in earnest. Amen. That's the reason we receive a measure of the Holy Ghost. That's the reason we got to follow the practice. What is this practice? Now watch this. I'm going to give you just a few scriptures here this morning. I know some of this is just old to you, and, and, and I understand that. But, but yet maybe someone's here, and maybe you want to jot these down because it's going to help. Amen. This is fulfills the plan of salvation. This is God intent. This quickening power called about Jesus Christ, he absolutely, he, he does that. Amen. There's a quickening. We're born again of the Spirit. That that we lost. Amen. How does that happen? Through Jesus Christ. Because he conquered death. He become that supreme sacrifice. He became that high priest. He fulfilled the tabernacle a role in the heavens it's being fulfilled so when we call upon him it's a spiritual thing now we're born again of the water and the spirit how's that happen through Jesus Christ it never happened on the earth for 4,000 years until Jesus Christ came and it didn't happen with the cross or the man on the cross either but it happened on the day of Pentecost but since that day of Pentecost you and I got to have this same experience of this quickening power this quickening coming alive so we got some scriptures that backs it up with that go to Romans 6 and 4 
Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death. That, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk what in newness of life. Amen. Thank God for that. Thank God for the newness of life. Amen. I don't want to walk the old way. I want to walk the new way. I want to walk more in the new way. God helped me to do a better job walking in the new way. I know I got some struggles and I come up short-handed. But oh God help me find that strength. I don't want to just be delivered out of things. God I don't have the strength not to go back into them. Amen. Not to be drawn or subject or pulled back into it. No, the love of God, the power of God working in our hearts. Hallelujah. We won't talk that way. We won't act that way. We won't let bad, bad spirits. <laughs> Amen. No, I want the power of God and the love of God and the truth of God to rule and reign, not just on Sundays either. Not just when I'm around certain people. Not just when the pastor shows up. No, amen. If I'm in all by myself, hey, in an isolated place and just do whatever I wanted to do. No, that I want to be faithful to God just like that is any other time. I want to be faithful to God at all times. And that's the kingdom that rules and reigns. That's the master. That's the quickening power. Amen. Again, Ephesians 2 and 1 says, You have he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. Ephesians 2 and 5 says, Even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. Amen. Ephesians 5 and 14 says, Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead. Christ shall give thee light. Thank God for the light. Walk in that light. Loving that light. Run into it. How many of loves to run to church? Loves to run to your Bible. Loves to run to prayer. That's the light. That's all part of the light. That drawing power of the light. Have you ever really been lost and dark, you know, in a place and all of a sudden you see a little glimmer of light? You know, your flashlight went out or this went out, whatever, and there you are just groping in darkness and all of a sudden you see a little campfire, see a little something and that glimmer of hope, man, that, that, you know, you thought you was about to pass out and thought you was going to pass out. And all of a sudden, when you seen that light, man, whew, energy gets into your feet again. Come on, folks, I see a light. Come on, hey. That's the same way you're living for God. We should never stop. You're never going to arrive to the place in this life that you're never going to need the light. You're going to always need it. Revelations and experiences and moves of God upon our lives. So. As you, we, so let's wake up out of that sleepness. Colossians, amen, 2 and 13, 15. You being dead in your sins and uncircumcision of your flesh. Cut away of the flesh. That's, that goes all the way back to Abraham. It goes all the way back to that. Hey, folks, this thing is so simple. It's really so basic. And it's so real. <laughs> it, it really is. Hath quickening together with him, having forgiven your all, given you all trespasses, blotting out the handwritings of ordinance that was against us, which was contrary to us, took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross, having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. So here we are now. We're born again. We're quickening. We're walking this new light and this new truth. And this is what he's trying to persuade this bunch. To believe who he was. To believe his witnessing powers of who he was. So from that, I want to move and we're going to go. And we're going to begin to talk about, amen, these witnessing powers of Jesus Christ. And, and the power that he, he moved and, and worked among them. And so when you move in that 21st verse and you're just going down through a few verses. And if you don't mind, I need to do this. First of all, he talks about judgment. Judgment, God the Father gives a judgment all to the Son. 
Again, he goes from that. He says, all men should honor the Son, even as they have honored the Father. He that honoreth not the Son, honoreth not the Father which hath sent him. So here he is. He's telling them, all these that followed the, 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 in, the, the scriptures of Moses, believe in Moses and, and the Father, amen, amen. So them to really honor the Father, they had to honor who? Jesus, the Son. And so when they failed to honor Jesus, they failed to honor the Father. And this is the honor that he's looking for, amen, and not necessarily for men, but the honor of God. Because what honor are we looking for? What honor are we really looking for? What praise are we really looking for? What are we looking to lift us up? What are we, what's getting us from day to day? Amen. If certain people got always uh, got to be babying us and encouraging us. Uh, amen. Come on, babies. I need y'all to sing now. Come on. Come on early and get up here and sing. No, you need to be doing it for God. And it doesn't matter if anybody's encouraging you. Lord ever tells you you do a good job or not. You're doing it for Jesus. You're doing it the Holy Ghost. Uh, it don't matter. And I know all that works. And there's a part for that. Give true be what you honor and honor. But I'm going to tell you what. If you depend on that to live for God, you're going to be in trouble. Amen. You looking for the wrong honor. No, I want to do this to have the honor of God in my life. Have the peace of God and the love of God, the power of God and the authority of God in my life. That money can't buy God. That education can't, can't, can't get it into my life. The only thing it can is being born again of the water and the spirit and walking in this beautiful light, this powerful light that's brought me out of darkness and brought me out of all of despair and all the things that cause failure in my life. Tell you right now, there's a lot of people bragging on them out there in that world. Out there. They're still lost and undone and miserable as they can be. Only real place where there's real peace and joy and contentment and satisfaction is in the kingdom of God, in Jesus Christ, in the gospel of the Lord. The church is the greatest thing that's ever going to happen to you. The church tops everything else. Hallelujah. That's where you ought to be triumph in our lives. Above everything else, the church and everything about the church and the kingdom of God. Amen. Because this is, this is our heartbeat now. This is, this is who we are and what we are. Amen. So as, as we watch this. Man, as he begins to work through this, and the honor talks about very early, I say unto ye, He that heareth my word, and believeth on him that sent me, hath everlasting life, and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from what? It's passed from death to life. Amen. To life. Early, early, I say unto you, 25th verse, the hour is coming and now is when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God and they that hear shall live. For as the Father hath light in himself, so hath he given to the Son who hath light in himself, hath given him authority to execute judgment also because he is the Son of Man. Marvel not, amen, at this, for the hour is coming in the which all that are in the graves shall hear his voice. Notice that hour. I mentioned it earlier. I mentioned about a season. I mentioned about a time. An hour. An hour. Folks, don't worry about it. Amen. Just stay in the boat. Just stay with it. That's kind of like Noah building that ark for 120 years. I don't know how many times or if he had to any. I don't know. But those three boys, amen. Y'all just keep building the ark. Y'all just keep putting it together. Don't worry about the rain. It's going to rain. When the time comes, it's going to rain. I've never heard of rain. What is rain? I don't know myself, but God said it was going to rain. And he told me to build an ark. And we're going to build an ark. We're just going to take God at his word. God to back up his word. Amen. That's what Abraham done for 25 years. He just held on. He didn't stagger the promise of God. Amen. When God gives you something, honey, you can bank on it. When God puts something in your heart, when God puts something in your spirit, when God made man moves in, you don't have to ask nobody else. You know for yourself. If you got to ask somebody, if you got told to go, you didn't get it. You got to ask somebody, you're saved. You ain't been saved. Well, come on, help me here this morning. God's alive and well and working on up high. Hallelujah. I want to be good this morning. That's one reason, you know, and I'm going to jump up, Robert. I'm going to stay off of it. 
Praise God. So as we work our way through this and, and we see how, how he's witness to them, talking to them, trying to persuade them, you know, expounding to them what all is unfolding, what all is taking place here. Amen. And transpiring. Amen. And we see, so we get to the 31st verse. I'm going to move on to it. And so when we get there, you know, bearing witness of Jesus. It's, 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 it's the heading of it here. It's what he's talking about. It's, it's, it's to the point and getting to that place. Amen. Of who he is and who he says he is. And having the goods to back it up. Church, has there ever been a time the church needs to have the goods? The love of Christ, the love of God, the love of truth. A servant's heart, a servant's mind, a servant's spirit. You know, if we're not careful, we've allowed America to make us so independent and everybody else serving us that we don't want to serve nobody. We all act like we've arrived to somewhere that we ought not have to wait on nobody. We won't have to serve nobody. We won't have to bow down to nobody. Come on, you better, you better get a hold of that. That's a carnal spirit. Amen. You feel like you got it made that you don't have to come early and pray. You don't have to do anything in the house of God or in the kingdom of God. You don't have to make no investments. You don't have to pay your tithes. You don't have to give offerings. You don't have to do none of that. You're kidding yourself, man. You've got to make investments in this. You've got to get involved in it and get, become a part of it. Amen. If you, you're going to be caught up in this kingdom, man, you've got to get into the kingdom work, kingdom's business. Amen. You've got to be willing to listen to somebody. You've got to be willing to obey you whenever they instruct you and guide you to. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. I, can, I mean, that's the reason you give a five-fold ministry. I mean, if, if saints of God were so perfect... Why do, why do we need a five-fold ministry? I mean, if we all just make it on our own, come on, judges prove we can't. You can't do what's right in your own sight. Judges proves that. Time after time after time. Amen. And so, likewise here, I'm not an island. I can't make it by myself. I need some voices. I need some encouragement. I need others. Amen. I need sometimes somebody to get right in my face. Hey, Doc, you better get yourself straightened up, man. Hallelujah. Praise God, you, 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 you're messing and coming around. you got to get up, get going. So anyway, so here we go. 31, amen, amen. And uh, uh, I don't have much of this, but anyway. I bear witness of myself. For my witness, amen, watch this. My witness is not true. But I bear witness of myself. My witness is not true. Now, if Jesus says, you know, if I'm the only one bearing witness of this, and I'm the only one that saw it, and I'm the only one talking about it, and then my witness is not true. Then if Jesus says that about himself, I wonder where that puts the rest of us. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. So that tells me that I've got to have some kind of witnessing power that's beyond me. My abilities, my talents, and my skills. There's got to be a witnessing of a spirit. A witnessing of a light. There's got to be a witnessing that goes along with my talents and skills and charisma and everything else. There's a lot of people being led by spiritual leaders that's got charisma. But they ain't seen the light, don't know nothing about the light, and don't know how to instruct you to get to the light. But the blind leading the blind. Their charisma is not going to get you to heaven. Their wisdom and ability to quote scriptures and interpret Greek and Hebrew is not going to give, give you the ability to make heaven. They got to be introduced to the light and experience the light for themselves. Because the only way you and I can be saved out of this world and make heaven, we got to be endued from the power from somewhere 
else that's outside this world and the frameworks of this world. That includes education, government, demonic forces, the powers of hell. Hallelujah. It comes from none other but the door called Jesus Christ. And Jesus said, if I'm just a witness of my own self, my witness is not true. So you know what he's going to do? He's going to start building on witnesses. Man, to witness who he is and where he's come from and what he's about. And so he picks up from there and we begin to use witnesses. There is another that heareth, that beareth witness of me. And I know that the witness which he witnesseth of me is true. Now here he's actually talking about the father. Okay. Now he didn't watch what he does here. He sent unto John. This is John the Baptist. You sent unto John. If you go at another places, another place, whenever they question John who he is, he said, you're the, the prophet. Watch this. A lot of people think that they was asking if he was the prophet Elijah. He was not. If you do a study on Jesus Christ, he was known as coming as the prophet. Moses' writings said he's going to be one of your own, and he's going to be a prophet. And so John was telling them that he was not the prophet called Jesus Christ, which is a prophet of all prophets. Okay, all right. And so here, and when he talks about this. But I received not testimony from man, but these things I say that he might be saved. Listen to how important this conversation is from Jesus Christ as he talks to these Jews, as he talks to those that are listening to him. I'm going to say these things that he might be saved. You got to hear them and you got to believe them. You're going to be saved. That's basically what he's telling you. Because I'm telling you I'm who I said I am. And my witness is not just my own witness. I got other witnesses and powers. And so he was a burning light. He's talking about John the Baptist again. He was a burning and a shining light. And he were willing for a season to rejoice in his light. For a season. You know, they feared the people. They even feared John, Herod. You can go through it. Go back and study it. They did. The preaching. They went out all of Judea and the regions around about out to, out to, amen, to be baptized. The curious preaching. Amen. This wild man, amen, out of Judea. Man, they, they, they flocked to him. But I have greater witness. Now watch this. Than that of John. I got one greater than even of John. This is our focus verse. For the works which the Father hath given me to finish, the same works that I do. Bear witness of me that the Father hath sent me. Now, jump back into Romans and, you know, they jump onto that. But they don't never mention about a man that, that the, the guy that's preaching the gospel has to be sent. And then the gospel itself, which is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, which is repentance, baptism, and Jesus saying the infilling of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. It's all there. It, it works. But they got to be sent. By who? By the father. Not by a wife, not by a husband, not by a mama, not by a daddy, not by a pastor. Got to be sent by God. And he's the one that chooses. It's his business. Well, my family's had preachers in it for the last 10 years or 10 generations. Big deal. If all of them wasn't sent of God, it ain't of God. And I'll tell you something. Look at them. Why they're in such a mess. Traditions, 
following traditions. It was good enough for grandma. You don't know if it was good enough for grandma. You just assume it was good enough for grandma. You ain't seen her in heaven. Oh, I know. They got these books wrote. Yeah, and they talk about two or three on a throne. The Bible don't say nothing about two or three thrones. There's only one throne. That counsels out the book and the experience and the dream. Don't let no man deceive you. Let the word of God be the word of God. Don't take from it. Don't add to it. Let the word have the effect in you. Believe the word. And the word will save your heart. Because it's all about you believing. It's what Jesus is saying right here. Believe in the words I'm, I'm giving to you. But I have greater witness than that of John, uh, the works of the Father. Okay. And the Father himself which hath sent me. Hath borne witness of me, he hath neither heard his voice at any time nor seen his shame. Now, watch it, he's telling them. Because, see, watch it. They claim to be, now these are Jews, the Moses and the, the father of Moses, okay? And so they claim that they know God. They claim, you know, they've never been in bondage, never in bondage to no man. <laughs> but he's telling them, you don't know the father. You don't know the voice of the Father, neither the shape of the Father. <laughs> For he have not his word abiding in you. Oh, God help us get this word abiding in us. We've got to have it, folks. We can't make it without it. For whom he hath sent him, he, he believed. Watch it. Whom he hath sent, he believed not. You don't believe him. Talking about himself here. Search the what? The scriptures. What scriptures Jesus referring to here? Old Testament. Moses. You know what he's doing? He's taking the very thing that they're trying to say that he's not of and using scriptures to say that he's not of him. And now he's taking, I'm taking your scriptures, your word as a witness of who I am. If you'll just search the scriptures, the scriptures themselves will tell you I'm he. <laughs> and so he's using all these witnesses. Amen. Of who he is. John the Baptist. The father. The works of the father. Now how did he do that? What did he do at the pool? What took place at the pool? That's what they questioned him. By what authority and power? Who gives you the right to tell this man he can carry his couch on the Sabbath day? Only the God of Sabbath can do that. And by that right, I can tell him to carry his couch on the Sabbath. Because I'm the God of the Sabbath. I created the Sabbath, amen. But I created not for you to make laws and limitations in. I created the Sabbath, so I'm the Lord of the Sabbath. Search the scriptures for him, them, he think that he have eternal life. And they are that they which testify of me. And he will not come to me that he might have life. Folks, that's the reason you got to come to this. You, you and I got to read it. We got to study it. It's the light. Amen. And, and read it and get it. No, come to it. And get it into our spirits and get it into our lives. And so, as we go into the lesson, and, and we've been into it, but I'm talking about in the latter part of it and the last part of it, talks about declaring the witnesses. Let me just give you a few scriptures that backs up about what Moses wrote when he says, Go into the scriptures. 
Amen. And search them out and see what happened. So let's see what Moses, amen, wrote. And how many of you believe that God visited Moses on the mountain? How many of you believe that the, tab- the tabernacles, the Ten Commandments, that God gave it to Moses? So, okay, so we're on the same page, at least with the Jews. Am I right? Amen. We believe that, that Moses received straight from God. There wasn't anybody else but Moses, okay? So, so whatever Moses has written down and what's been handed to us through the scriptures, amen, we believe it as the scriptures, right? So we're going to accept it as the scriptures and whatever they tell us to do, what instructions they tell us to do, that's what we're going to abide by and that's what we're going to live by. Am I right? Okay. So let's watch this. Genesis 3 and 15 says, And I will put image between thee and the woman, between thy seed and her seed. Her seed, singular. Amen. So there's a seed. There's one coming. A seed, a seed, a seed. There's one coming. And he shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Genesis 49 and 10. The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet, until Shiloh come, and unto him shall the gathering of the people be. Who's this one? There's going to be one coming. There's going to be one that's coming. It's going to come out of Jerusalem. There's going to be one that's coming out of Zion. Here he comes. There's going to be a lawgiver. Amen. Exodus 12 and 1 and 8. And boy, this one really, really helps us because here we see him. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron to the, in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be the beginning of months. But let me just drop down the third verse. Speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of, the, of this month, ye shall take to them every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for a house. And so you know the story. And this it goes actually through eight, and it talks about a lamb and the unleavened bread. And it talks about the herbs that they had to take. And so for them to escape or get out of Egypt, which is a type of the world, amen, for them to get out of that... And come out of that bondage and under them taskmaster, everybody had to have a lamb. If your family wasn't big enough to eat the whole lamb, what did the lamb represent? The whole word of God. And so if your family couldn't eat the whole lamb, you get you somebody else. Because all the lamb had to be eaten and, and, and taken in and not left for the Egypt, amen, to gobble up and mess and gum. You know, and, and God talks about this. Amen. The truth, this truth is not revealed to everybody. Amen. It's revealed to them that are honest and sincere and honest hearted. Amen. But when you're honest hearted and you're sincere, guess what? God's going to open the revelation to you. But if you got any hang-ups, amen, because you know what the problem was with thee? They had pride of life. They weren't willing, amen, to give up their positions. They weren't willing to give up, amen, their places and thoughts, amen. Amen. They had control of the people. They had control of the offerings. They had control of all of that. And they didn't like somebody walking in and taking all of that away. You know what? The biggest thing that you and I have to do is die. Amen. That first time of true repentance of dying out to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost and then on a daily basis, keeping this old man under subjection, Keeping this old man under submission. Amen. The doctrine they have taught once saved, always saved, should be right. But because of the lack of the ability of man keeping himself under subjection and keeping in love with the light, amen, they only accepted John the Baptist for a season. And they sure wouldn't want to accept none other called Jesus Christ. But I'm telling you today, amen, if you don't accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, amen, you're going to die in your sins. If you don't experience him in the resurrection of his power and his glory, you're going to die in your sins and in your unbelief. You can go against me and whatever you want to. But I'm telling you by the scriptures, by the scriptures, and you don't have nothing more powerful, more beautiful than the word of God to help us. Amen. To deal and to work with this. Amen. I could take you to Numbers 24 and 7. Amen. I shall see him but not now. I shall behold him but not nigh. There shall come a star out of Jacob. A scepter shall rise out of Israel. Deuteronomy 18 and 15 talks about a prophet. I mentioned this earlier. Watch this. Moses writing, The Lord, all capital letters, Jehovah, God. 
a man shall raise up unto thee a prophet from the midst of thee, of thy brethren, like unto me, unto him he shall hearken. Amen. And that's what Jesus Christ was trying to get across to them. Saying, your scriptures that I'm fulfilling, I'm that prophet, I'm that lamb, I'm that star, I'm that, that, that uh, uh, scepter of righteousness. Amen. But it's not going to be just to the Jews. But now it's going to be to whosoever will. And that's the reason that veil was rent from top to bottom. Because there's going to be a brand new tabernacle. There's going to be a brand new inner end. A brand new high priest. Hallelujah. Lamb, amen. That's going to cover all the bases. I tell you, mankind can be saved. But he's got to want to be saved. He's got to want to be delivered. He's got to want to walk right and live right. Anybody that don't have the Holy Ghost is just simply they don't want it. If they really want it and sell out to it, God. It's not going to own no man, honey. If you believe this word and believe in the writings of it, you can walk with God and live for God. Get over that attitude that you can't. I'm telling you, you can. Through Christ, you can do all things. Through Jesus Christ, the Baptist and Holy Ghost, the power of God, and that resurrecting light working on our behalf. Praise God. I'm through. You can stand. Praise the Lamb today. Verse 44 says this. How can ye believe? In John 5, 44. How can ye believe? Which receive honor one of another. And seek not the honor that cometh from God only. You know, Hebrews 11, 6 has taught us that you got to believe that there is a God. And who's rewarded them that what? Diligently seeks him. That's what this is all about. It's really not about songs and new songs, old songs. It's not really about a lot of these other things that we can sometimes get hung up on. It's really about God. It's really about seeking him and knowing him and having experience of him in our lives and on a daily basis. I thank God it's more than just a Sunday experience. Amen. That this God is with us and he walks with us. And he'll guide us. I'm going to finish up with these last three verses. Do not think that I will accuse you to the, to the Father. Excuse you to the, to the Father. There is one that accuses you. Even, watch this. Even Moses. In whom you trust. He's telling the Jews. He's telling them there. He said the one that you put your trust in. The one that you're leaning on. He's telling that I'm, you know, you're going to take Moses' words over mine. And things said, but Moses, he's going to accuse you. You're going to be held accountable. Moses is going to be a witness against you. For had he believed Moses, he would have believed me. For he wrote of me. But if ye believe not his writings, how shall he believe my words? Hmm. Now you see why I made the statement earlier about we really believe that Moses, a man, had an encounter with God. We really believe in those Ten Commandments. They could take them off all the walls they want to take them off of. But I'll tell you something. We better get them on the walls of our heart and the walls of our minds and the walls of our lives. And it's not just those Ten Commandments. All the Scriptures. All the scriptures, all of the word of God. We're not looking to take just pieces and slices and what we like. No, give us the whole deal. 
Give us the whole thing. Because that's what's going to help us get out of this whole world. Is this word right here. Amen. As we love it and respect it and give ourselves into it. 38 years. What can happen in 38 years? 1986. Talks about the astronauts. The teacher, if you remember. Amen. About 73 seconds in the air. And they all, all of the astronauts, that teacher, first time ever sent under Reagan. Amen. But it's gone. It's been 38 years now. A lot can happen in 38 years. But I'm glad to be serving a God today. That it may be 38 years from now. But he's in the business of healing. He's in the business of caring for you and I. I don't know why he singled that one guy out. John, don't write unto us and let us know. I don't know how he walked past all the great multitudes and other four porches. Amen. But he walked on that one porch. He walked into that one guy's life. Amen. He'd been there for 38 years. And he healed him and he blessed him. God's in the blessing business. And God's in the healing business. And God's in the saving business. But I'm glad today to be living in a generation and a dispensation. I've heard a lot of people, boy, I wish I lived in this dispensation or that dispensation but we're living in the greatest dispensation that man's got God's ever gave to man and that's the dispensation that you and I living in this morning called the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ there's not greater mercy and grace and compassion shown to mankind than the one called Jesus Christ amen sitting on the circle of this earth that's looking down right now upon each one of us that knows the thoughts and intents in our hearts our minds and our spirits he knows all of our tomorrows but you know what for him to be the finisher in our lives. We got to let him become the author. And if he can't become the author, he'll never be the finisher. We can claim this and profess that. But I'm here to tell you, I want him to be the author and finisher of my faith. The author and finisher of my life. Whatever it may behold of, whatever I got to face. I believe that's your heartbeat here this morning. Why don't we take a moment, amen, and just talk to God. Let's lift our voices and our hearts unto him. God, you see us. You're looking down upon us here today. You know every struggle. You know every disappointment. You know the diseases and the afflictions that we have to suffer in these bodies but God you're a healer and a mender of every single one of them. You can move upon this service here today and miraculously walk by someone and touch them and miraculously heal their bodies but God more important than that God you check our hearts check our souls, our minds and our spirits we want to be right with you God we want to be upright and please you and honor you in this generation and the world that we're living in today. We pray that old glory would show up. We pray the unction, the power of God would baptize us. He lead us and guide us, God, in the riches of your promise, in the riches of your love. We're here to worship you and magnify and exalt you here today. We know that we're nothing without you, God. We want to believe only as the scriptures have taught us. We want to believe only as Moses has witnessed. And the Father's witness through you through the miraculous touch of God and the powers thereof. He would show up, God, in our services. It'd show up in our families, God. It'd show up in our lives. As we pray for the sick, they shall recover. As we pray for miracles and wonders and signs, God, they will come to issue. Oh, we're going to give you the glory and praise and honor here today. As we pray for revival. As we pray for the mighty touch of God and the mighty move of the Holy Ghost. Help us, God, to hunger and thirst here today. To open up our hearts and open up our mouths. Call on you with earnestness and sincerity this morning, God. We wouldn't be bound hallelujah with unbelief. We wouldn't be bound with attitudes and spirits. No, the loosening power of the Holy Ghost. The King of God would shine down upon us and stir us up in this house not worried about what the neighbors think or anyone else but worried about what you think and how you feel
feel about us. How you look upon us here today. We want to walk out of this place pleasing you. We want to walk out of this place full of the Holy Ghost and full of the love of God. We want to be thankful and appreciated, God, of your long suffering and mercy and kindness. Hallelujah. For much longer than 38 years, God, you've been good to us. You've been good to us, Lord. And we give you honor and praise here today. As you move upon the heart and the souls and the mind of everyone that's in this service today. You bring us back tonight, God. Bring us back in the powers of your love. Bring us back in the power of your spirit and your anointing. I pray for a visitation in this house tonight like we ain't never had. I pray you'd walk up and down these aisles and touch us. Help us throughout this afternoon, God, that our minds, our hearts, and our spirits, hallelujah, be connected to the heavens. Bring down the power of the Heavenly Father upon this house tonight. Giving you glory and praise and honor for all of it. Through and by no other name but the wonderful name of Jesus Christ, we pray. We love you today and appreciate your church. Let's love one another. Let's pray for one another. Let's believe in God. Let's believe in the scriptures. Let's let this kingdom business, amen, become our business. That's the most important thing you can do that trumps everything else. Let's do it for him. Love you. Appreciate you. God bless you.